1: This is the Conquer Local podcast, a show about billion-dollar sales leaders, marketers leading local economic growth, and entrepreneurs that have created their dream organizations. They want to share their secrets, giving you the distilled version of their extraordinary feats. Our hope is, with the tangible takeaways from each episode, you can rewire, rework, and reimagine your business. I'm George Leith, and on today's show, we have Mr. Paul Epstein. Paul is an expert in leadership and organizational culture, with nearly 15 years of experience as a professional sports executive for multiple NFL and NBA teams. As founder of Purpose Labs, Paul is on a mission to impact millions of lives by sharing his message of playing offense as an author, keynote speaker, business coach, and leadership trainer. He has installed his playing offense playbook with professional sports organizations, Fortune 500 leadership teams, chief people officers, MBAs, and professional athletes all to live and lead with greater purpose, performance, and impact. Get ready, Conquerors. Joining us for part one of a two-part series, Paul Epstein is coming up next on this week's episode of the Conquer Local Podcast. This week's guest on the Conquer Local podcast, Paul Epstein, our team did the pre-interview Paul and they said that I might've met my match for energy with you on this show. So I'm excited (laughs) for us to get some banter going here. Well, welcome to the Conquer
0: Local podcast. Thank you. Thank you thank you so much, George is fired up to be here and no pressure, right? I'll follow the lead of your team, but, uh, couldn't be more excited. I, I
1: want to understand the way that you define leadership to kick things off. We, uh, you know, we're big, we've got a big audience of sales leaders and entrepreneurs and sales professionals. And I believe that if you're going to be good at that, you got to demonstrate some leadership. So I'd love to understand the way that you look at leadership.
0: 100%. And I love how you kicked us off because literally I could not describe the three hats that you just labeled from, sales pros, sales leaders, entrepreneurs. I have worn all three of those hats and been in those trenches. So this is our tribe. And that's why I'm so fired up for the combo. And look, I think the world is misdefining leadership. I'll just be straight up about it. I believe that if you look it up, whether in a Webster dictionary, or if you were to ask a typical person on the street, what is a leader? They would infer that it has something to do with rank, role, title, authority. And I fundamentally disagree. And before I share some thoughts, here's my stress test. And I want to bring our entire audience in right now and ask each of you to think of the greatest leader that you've ever had in any walk of life. It could be personal. It could be professional. So it could be a parent, a coach, a mentor, a teacher. Maybe it is somebody in business. Think of that person right now. And as they materialize in your mind, think about why you chose them. What did they do? I'm talking about actions, behaviors, the way they showed up every day. And if you were to describe that person to me, I've done this exercise with thousands, if not tens of thousands of people. And trust me, I always hear the usual suspects at or near the top of the list. I hear things like they were great listeners. They were positive. They were compassionate. And I can go on and on and on, and I could literally flip chart 50 of these responses. And then I would go back to the audience and I would say, now, which of these qualities, characteristics, or traits require a rank, a role, a title, or authority? And fundamentally, the answer is zero or very close to zero. So if we're defining leadership as all of these things that have to do with hierarchy, but then it turns out that they are not only behaviors, but even better than that, they're actually a trainable set of behaviors. And the premise of my book, which I know we'll get into the power of playing offense, it is that before you lead others, you must first lead yourself. And the key is you don't need a title to lead yourself. So for everybody listening in, whoever you just thought of, however it is that they show up every day, if they're the greatest leader you've ever had and you want to be the greatest leader for somebody else, do those same things. And that requires no rank, no role, no title, no authority. So that is how I define leadership. It is a fundamental and foundational, trainable set of behaviors. And each and every person listening in can step into the leadership of self. And that goes into part of my mission, George. I'm on a mission to democratize leadership. I don't believe in some org chart pyramid where 10% of us are leaders and 90% are followers. That's kind of a depressing story to tell. I'd rather empower every single listener, whether you're on the front lines or you're in the C-suite and everybody in between, you can be a leader of self effective immediately. I'm sure you've, I love
1: that by the way, I'm sure that you've heard this term clock changer. Um, And you know, when I, whenever I think of clock changer, I think of leadership, the person that actually made the decision to step up. I'd love love to understand
0: how you look at that. Yeah, how I look at that is leaders not only go first, but they lead from the front. Because I'm, A, I have a massive bias to action. But if you're going to really go all in, and that's where the spirit of playing offense comes in, it truly is a massive bias to action. Notice I didn't say perfect action. If you are going to lead with action, there's a lot of imperfection going on in that situation. So if that's the case, that really is the definition of leadership. That's one of the contexts and prisms I look at leadership through is, are you willing to go first? Are you willing to go through the front? In your case, the clock changer, but the person that we've all heard of the push versus pull dynamic. Leaders shouldn't have to push. It should be this gravitational pull, this magnetic attraction because you're leading from the front. People would prefer to follow somebody that is imperfect, but is authentic and vulnerable and cares and has empathy and passion and all of these things, but they're going to make mistakes. And guess what? They're actually like uh, a a friend of of even my show on Playmakers, future guest, Gary Ridge, uh, CEO of WD40. And he's a great friend of my consultancy and purpose point as well. Gary taught me a very valuable lesson. And that is that the three most powerful words that any CEO can say is, I don't know. It's so rarely used, so rarely practiced, but it's so powerful, especially if it comes from the heart.
1: The world thinks that culture is top down. And I know you don't let's explore the world of culture and and where you think that it begins.
0: Yeah. So in this case, I think there's two directions and the world only thinks about it in one direction. Because if you're listening to this right now, and if I was to ask you for a current company, former companies, describe the culture to me normally we kind of fall prisoner to our own thoughts and we say well let's say there's a toxic ceo as an example and it kind of feels like there's pollution going on throughout the company because it's a culture of fear versus a culture of inspiration and if that's the case again just like i think about leadership if you're telling me that 10 percent of leaders 90 percent of followers that's not a world that i believe in and the same thing Am I supposed to think that if I work for a company where, God forbid, there's a toxic leader, am I supposed to wave the white flag and fundamentally check out of every single day because there's a toxic person in the organization that has this cascading effect? I think that's one way to look at it, but that would infer that there's a single weather system inside of a company. My belief about culture is all culture is local. Meaning within an organization, there are infinite microclimates. And here's an example. I once did some consulting for one of the top airlines in the world, 130,000 employees. And I got asked by a bunch of folks in my network to describe the culture of that airline. And rather than just answering it blindly, I said, well, I can't answer yet. I would first have to know who's the leader, what department, what location what floor of the building that's the culture because i've been in that company and i'm telling you george high five in on floor 5 and it's super just charged up with positive energy and floor 6 watch out bosses around the corner the mm. scary thing is same company it was the same department And a single floor of the building had a different weather system. (laughs) So that proves to you that all culture is local. And here's how I want everybody listening to think about this. Every time that you walk in a room, one of two things happens. You either warm it up with positivity or you cool it off with negativity. The question is, are you even aware of your own temperature? And when you can tap into your temperature, you literally have a culture of self. You have your own weather system, and that can scale to your left and to your right. And that is how you can retake over what could have been a negative culture, a bad weather system, and infuse your positive weather system effective now.
1: I had an associate of mine a number of years back come into my office and she said, you know, when you walk in in the morning and you've got that look on your face and I know that you're just concentrating and you want to win, but you know, I I have resting bitch face, I admit it. Uh, We've tried to fix it with Botox (laughs) and all sorts of things, but it just, it's not working. Like it's just there, but it it was a great lesson because what she was basically saying to me, and, and I'm glad that she, you know, had the, had the wherewithal to come forward on it is that based upon the look on my face, as the so-called leader, I was going to set the tone for the day with that look. So I, you know, every morning when I come in, I try to smile. Now, COVID has screwed that up So I have to wear a mask and nobody can see you're smiling. But yeah, I, I absolutely believe in what you're saying. At any one point in time, depending on what's gone on, you are either warming it up or cooling it off. Thank you for that. That's a, that's a great learning. You host this Playmakers podcast, which I've had a chance to listen to. It's a, it's, a great, uh, it's a great resource. And you talked about being focused on interviewing people with a full trophy case. Tell us a little more about this methodology and the podcast.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad you bring it up, too, because especially at the time that we're recording this, season two is about to kick off. And I'll, I'll explain kind of the shift, the very intentional shift uh, from season one to two is I'm, I'm believing that it's going to level up significantly. So season one, the goal was so kind of the prerequisite of being on the show, whether from business or sports or life, just this Who's who of leadership? So we had everybody from Olympians to Navy SEALs to Fortune 100 CEOs, and the list goes on and on. Many of my old pals in the sports industry that are running organizations. And the trophy cabinet of life is pretty darn full. You know, like they're not short on success. They're not short on the accolades. That's not the problem in life. Where we find is, I think there's a lot of podcasts that just want you to unpack a resume and certainly not yours. I know you go much deeper, but there's a ton of shows that all they do is, how'd you get to where you were and what do you attribute your success to? I think that's a part of the story. To me, the more compelling part is, who are you at your core? your deeper purpose, your mission, the strengths, gifts, and talents that you look to show up every single day with. And so I basically, I double click on the why and the who way more than I do about the what. The what gets you on the show. The why and the who is what connects you to the audience. And then after that, we unpack the how. Now, tactically, how do we make this actionable? How do I make it accessible? Cause again, I'm just going to speak to everybody out in the audience. Like what if you're on the front lines of an organization right now and this dynamic fortune hundred CEO comes on a show and tells you the highlights of their life. It can be inspiring for a moment, but how do you actually apply that tomorrow from where you are right now? So that's why, again, I keep bringing up this theme of democratizing. I just want to make stuff accessible. Like another example, and this is a shift in a season two of Playmakers. So season one was called Playmakers Impact Unleashed. And it was all about impact. And I define impact as making a difference. That could be making a difference in in, in the office, at home, wherever it is in the community. Where do you want to make a difference that would be meaningful to you? And where can your contributions shine? That was the double click of season one. Now season two is Playmakers on purpose. The question we're trying to tackle is are you living your life on purpose or is life just happening to you? And my philosophy here is that when we align our head to our heart to our hands, head being mindset, heart being that deeper burn and passion and our hands being action, I want to know that if I'm taking action, it's connected to my head and my heart because now I'm living on purpose. And a lot of folks listening, you've heard the terminology of, Is life happening for you or to you? And to me, that's kind of that fork in the road. When you're living on purpose, even when there's pain in life, even when there's some suffering, there's setbacks, there's obstacles, there's challenges. I don't look at it as this external circumstance that should derail you. I actually look at it as what's the deeper purpose that you can connect to overcome that pain? And how do you pay it forward so that others don't experience the same pain? And a cool example of this, George, is anybody and everybody that's watched Shark Tank, This is on full display. Every single time they ask any of the entrepreneurs what the backstory is, what the origin story is. Like, why are you trying to solve this problem? Why are you developing a better mousetrap versus the prior mousetrap? It's because they weren't happy with the prior mousetrap. (laughs) So that's a kind of a business version of pain that turns into purpose, that turns into a product or service and a solution and and all of that good stuff. So really season two is all about getting a purpose-centered tribe of people together. And really, I think the gap in purpose, George, is when we think of it as a distant North Star, because 99% of the world doesn't know what that North Star is for them. And so if that's the case, I'm trying to make purpose accessible and practical and make it a 365 game. And that's where the principles of on purpose come in.
1: You know, when you you bring up this idea of living life with purpose or on purpose, I remember, you know, that, the Tony Robbins line of you manufacture this, right? This is the best version mm-hmm. of yourself. You try to make a better one. and i I always look back at that as a moment where i I started to get it. I started to get that um that I could impact um on a daily basis that. and i I find do you do you also find in your teachings that, Purpose is, is like a habit that you need to get into because I, you have a tendency. I have a tendency sometimes to forget that I'm living on purpose because a bunch of shit comes downhill and I got to deal with it. <laughs> like, do you find that it's something that it, you,
0: you got to keep in the rhythm? It is so crazy you bring this up because it is so perfectly timed. So I'm in the earliest stages. I'm not going to reveal all the details, but I'm in the earliest stages of writing book number two, which will come out in 2023. And the title is On Purpose, so no shock there. But literally, remember when I talked about the head, the heart, and the hands? Mm -hmm. Um, So my writing coach and I, we were just debating a couple weeks back about what do we call this? Is it Head, Heart, Hands? And we started calling it Triple H, which evolved from 3H. And I kid you not, George. uh, He said, well, you're all about 365 purpose, Paul. I said, yeah. He goes, so it's really about habits, right? And I was like, yeah. You know, so we got to the habits part and it turns out um, I'm eventually going to talk about a Triple H equation, which is head plus heart equals hands. That's the equation to live on purpose. But to your point, when you do that consistently, guess what happens? Habits. So 1 million percent. And I love what you also said, that sometimes we have blinders on. I think there's a ton of people out there that are almost accidentally (laughs) living on purpose because they're just being true to their self and their values and everything, which is awesome, but they never had that confirmation that, yeah, you are living on purpose. And that's the problem, again, of positioning it as a North Star, A North star means you need to go through some super intrinsic discovery process, which by the way, I've coached to thousands of people and it works. But what if you haven't gone through that process? It, it, again, do you just give up? You can't live on purpose? Ah, BS. It is 1 million percent the habits that you form so that you can live on purpose 365. You know, Paul,
1: I, I want to go deeper And I'm wondering if you've got another 15, 20 minutes that you could invest with us, because I think we could break this into two episodes and come back because I really want to understand the Triple H some more. And I'd love to understand what, what dials you in. So if you're cool with that. 100%, let's do it. We'll be back with Paul Epstein on episode number two of this two part series coming up in, uh, you know, next week, but, uh, for now we're gonna take commercial break. Well, I just can't say enough about Paul Epstein. It's not every day that we have a guest that turns into two episodes, but I was just compelled with the, uh, the way that Paul delivers his message. I learned a lot about the, you know, the tone and the delivery. You know, he really believes in the items that he's teaching. And, you know, in leadership, he talked about a bias for action. As Paul says, notice how it doesn't say perfect action. And then the question of, are you willing to go first? Are you willing to lead from the front and create this magnetic attraction that will encourage those around you to confidently follow? Are you going to put your boots on the battlefield first? Judgment can deter people from taking any action at all. And it takes a leader to take that leap and show others that, hey, I'll go first. I'll take the risk and I'm going to make a path for us. That bias for action is absolutely necessary. We all have a seat at the table of culture. I love this message. Paul's a major advocate of local culture inside an organization. You know, there's there's a different weather system over there around that corner, and I wonder why. Well, there's old Tony. He's got that dark cloud around him. You know, a lot of times it is that. We are in control of the weather. We're in control of the culture in our microcosms or in the larger organization. You can find different culture as you move between various teams and various organizations. You have a temperature. It's attributed to your person by the people around you. And when you walk into a room, do you either warm it up or do you make it colder? Paul challenges us to be aware of our temperature and to use it to build the culture that we're looking for inside our organizations. If you love Paul's episode, you can discuss leadership and culture in two other episodes, The Five Levels of Leadership and the Universal Aspire Model to Coaching with John Hoskins and Episode 423, Building a Positive Team Culture, a part of the Master Sales Series. Please subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks for joining us this week on the Conquer Local Podcast. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local podcast presented by Vendasta. Guest discovery by Zoe Schneider. Marketing by Rory Lawford and Nicole Lozon. Produced by Brett Clarenbach. Executive producers Brendan King, George Leith and Colleen McGrath. Recorded at Sound Lounge by T-Bone.